0: Hey everybody, this is the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon and it's Breeders' Cup Week. My friend and partner, the great Barry Spears, will be with us in just a minute. We have a couple of announcements to make, including uh, two shows that we're going to be doing. We're going to be putting out a number of Going in Circles digests covering all of the Breeders' Cup races. And... We also have another announcement to make about a new sponsor uh, who's sponsoring this very program. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, First of all, we want to talk about the news of the day. Not just the Breeders' Cup draws, but the uh, the affection of Jack Christopher, who was the probable second choice in the sprint. He has not entered, and uh, there's an interesting story, why not, that kind of stems back to Friday when there was another interesting scratch uh, from the same trainer, from Rice at Keeneland. So we'll be talking to that when Barry joins us in about a minute and 30 seconds. See you then.
1: Is this Barry? Yes, it, it might be him. Did think, you uh,
0: <clears throat> have you recovered from the post position draw?
1: Um, yeah, if you mean like I woke up, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I woke up after it was over. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh,
0: I got. The there's no way to make place.
1: that interesting. I I don't care what they do.
0: They could have jugglers between uh, between races, right?
1: Unless they started throwing darts at like one of the trainers or something, and have like some kind of contest, like you know American Ninja Warrior between <laughs> between <Yeah. drivers. laughs> like, like the right, last Eric Reed on the tightrope.
0: like the the last Don't two call. trainers, the last two trainers should have to do uh, like arm wrestling to see. Who gets the choice of the last post?
1: Have a round-robin arm wrestling tournament for post positions. <laughs> that, yeah. or Maybe play darts. No, nah, you got to go with, like, the beanbag game. What's the beanbag game called? Uh, Bags?
0: Cornhole. Cornhole. <laughs> Cornhole Velasquez <laughs> he's not he's
1: he retired <laughs> Cornholio uh, Cornholio he's yeah, he's gone no more um,
0: yeah well at least uh, it's over and everyone is clamoring online for the PPs and DRF put out uh, a version that doesn't have post position numbers
1: I don't know what the point of that is. Uh, yeah, so, but um,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's
1: about that time.
0: A couple interesting things. I, I intentionally did not really look much at the early PPs because a they're filled with horses who are not going to be in the race, um, and b there's no post positions. <laughs> And to me, it matters a lot in a lot of races. I mean, it might not matter like as much in a race like the classic, where it's not a big field. There's going to be two or three horses uh, up north near the lead, and everyone else is just kind of, kind of, you know, figure out their position. But but some of the other races, it, it, it is important. Um, and of course, the I guess today's big news would be. Would be Jack Christopher's defection Um, in in an unusual manner, (laughs) to say the least. Um, You know, the announcement came down. How do we say this? Um, The other day, I made a tweet (laughs) about watching workout videos and my my advice was that you should watch them with the sound off and one of the reasons that because jack christopher was shown on video the other day and he was standing out and the announcers were talking glowingly about him as they should, he's the horse's got a very good record. It was going to be probably worse second choice in the sprint, and then he started to jog off, or should I say, uh, um, very stiffly jog off.
1: Yeah, that's and a good right.
0: <laughs> as he actually looked like I did the other day.
1: <laughs> I, I was gonna say he, he might have looked yeah. worse yeah So <laughs> uh, I
0: think I was worse but
1: he's younger than I am but the announcer
0: said she said uh, he's a beautiful mover as he was basically blimping and it kept to me just I understand that they're coaching about things but um, there's code words that you can use like, uh, you know, stiff or
1: right. He's working, it, he's working it out right now. Yeah, so like a, little, a little cranky. <laughs> I think she said yeah. that. I think she said he's, he's a little crabby or something like that to that effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. A- but he, she, he wasn't a great, said mover. he was a beautiful mover. <laughs> he's Not a great mover. That's for sure. We know that. Um, And this is not like a new thing. I
0: I remember Holy Bull, who everyone remembers, um, as a great horse. I remember seeing him as a four-year-old early in the winter. And, you know, everyone knew who Holy Bull was. When he went out on the track, he was a distinctive looking horse anyways. And when he went by you jogging in the morning... He looked like a five claimer. I mean, it was not pretty, but when he turned around and, and and galloped, he went
1: great. When he worked, he looked he was like he was flying. Well, that's that's kind of the thing that I guess is going on with Jack Christopher because from what I've seen and heard and got DMs about and stuff like that is that the horses sound it just doesn't look pretty. I mean, oh. I, don't, I don't know for sure because I don't see him obviously every day, but I mean, it's not far-fetched, but it just kind of raises questions about the thought process and how they scratched the horse, and it didn't seem like the connections nor the trainer wanted to. Well, the problem is this. The horse has an issue, period. <clears throat> yeah, clearly. He had it last year. Every horse that that
0: travels like that has an issue. Every horse has an issue. Period. It just is. It just, it just is. I'm sure Flightline looked like that at points in, in his career, where he was, you know, mysteriously missing. Right? He, he just wasn't. He had huge gaps where he did nothing for a long time. Right. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't uh, <clears throat> just you know laying on the couch with a with his feet up watching <clears throat> the games. Uh, we also should re- you know re- remember that what happened to holy bowl mm-hmm. uh and that's not to say that this horse has a fracture he's going to have a fracture he's got a uh we don't know I, I don't know what what's wrong I can't say what's wrong he's maybe some soft tissue issue maybe he has some bone bruise maybe he has I mean there's a million things that can be and it's not always readily available I mean it, it's not always apparent but we're in, a, in a, an era now where, where we're going to be seeing these things happen more and more often. And because it's a, it's a prominent horse in a, in a championship event, it, it's news. But this happens a lot now. And as you drop down below the stakes level... Uh, Especially into the claiming level. The horses go rockier.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, it just, it's like they're trying to get out ahead of it before they had what happened a few years ago where the horse did look bad training and then broke down during the race. Right. And I understand that, you know, they're trying to prevent anything like that, but I mean.
0: Yeah. Which is, it's not. That's fair. There's no problem. Honestly, you you can't. An unsound horse is an unsound horse. The Mm -hmm. horse has not been traveling well. And that that is, that's the truth. Um, used to be able to do vet work a lot closer to the race. So that's something that, um, you know, the horse is not going to get better. There's nothing you can do from here on in.
1: Now, when you say vet work, what do you mean closer to the race? Well, you, you could you could inject your joints you could um
0: do you know acupuncture you could do any, any number of things um any there's a lots of different types of therapy um, but these days you can't so that that's kind of taken away um you know your the, the, the trainer's ability to to get the horse as 100% sound as you can get them, and I know people, and this is this is a difficult thing for me to discuss because there's a lot of people out there to just they're just assholes, <laughs> and they just want to say, "Oh my yeah. god, soundness is not a black and white issue." It's
1: just, no, it can't be. It's it's not that easy.
0: Every athlete, <laughs> there ever was, has been sore and off or lame. It just is the way it is. If you sprain your ankle, you're lame doesn't mean like, you're going to be like that forever. Well, what we need to avoid with thoroughbred
2: racehorses is, is fractures.
0: These are the, the, the enemy. Um, the difference between human sports and, and horses, obviously, is that uh, when Paul George snapped his leg in the Olympic trials,
1: mm, that was brutal.
0: They, they didn't put him down. <laughs> although he hasn't
1: been the same since I'm just saying
0: (laughs) nothing we can do (laughs) (laughs) you know sorry Paul and
1: play off P yeah
0: yeah. so yeah it's it's, that's something that needs to be avoided and there's um, there's so much more we can do now diagnostically to look to scan the bone scans um, that find A lot of times when a horse is off or a little bit off or just a tick off and they can't really find anything else, it's bone bruising. And that's something that we never really knew about um, until relatively recently because of advances in technology Hmm. and the ability to see the, the actual bruising on, on the, the, mostly on the weight bearing joints on, on the, the, the top of the bones and the weight-bearing joints. Um, and what what that does is the bruising, and bruising is a term, that's not like bruising your arm, but it's a, a lack of, of blood flow. And that's where you'll see chondral fractures start because that part of the bone is actually a little bit more brittle at that time. Um, and it's, you know, obviously causing a horse a little bit of pain, but it's not something that you can see from the outside without scans or x-rays. You just cannot see it. Um, so, you know, perhaps there's some of that going on and we raced horses like that for a hundred years. So it isn't as though, and, and there's plenty of horses racing like that. Probably today mm-hmm. at the lower levels because you can't just get, uh, spend a thousand dollar diagnostic test on a horse who's a four thousand dollar claimer, five thousand dollar claimer, ten thousand dollar claimer. It's just not realistic. Um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that. Know the horse is going to break down, or does has a broken leg, or has some sort of soft tissue injury. It, it's just there's a lot of nebulous, um, soundness issue. Um, it's just very difficult to under for people to understand. It's not a it's not a yes or no, black or white, thumb up or thumb down.
1: Well, I I, I actually like your analogy when you say. You know, it's like spraining your ankle, you know, where <clears throat> you'll recover from it. But at the moment, it hurts and you, you limp. That's something relatable that I can understand. Um, but it, it's, you know, usually, or at least my thought process is with horses of that caliber, of Jack Christopher's caliber, I would assume they would kind of do the scans, x-rays, all that stuff to make sure. Because the, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't just out there that one day and just started doing that.
0: Well, his trainer said that they did.
1: Right, and yeah.
0: And Dr. Bramwich had them and they didn't really see anything. Um, Which, I mean, there's... If you throw Dr. Bramwich's name in there, I'm sure that that's something that he's going to verify. All
1: right.
0: Um, I mean, he's on the Breeders' Cup emergency list deal, you know, the team that they have. So uh, he's obviously familiar with with um, the procedures. And yeah, I, I'm, you know, erring on the side of caution is something that certainly needs to be.
1: Um, lean right. toward
0: if, if you don't
1: then you, you're setting yourself up for a disastrous kind of situation especially when everybody can see you know what I mean like that video was on twitter who knows how many views it got but people were looking at that and people can understand looking at that video you know even, even people that aren't involved in horse racing just saw the video be like oh what's wrong with that horse kind of thing and, you know, it's like, well, you see that and then the horse runs and gets hurt. It's it's like a terrible no win situation for anybody. No, it, it's a difficult situation. And right, because you don't want to yeah. piss off the connections. You know, you want them to run and, you know, they want to run. But at the same time, you want to be careful and not have some disastrous thing on national TV.
0: I think there's an element of fairness as well. In that, uh, a horse that like that who who might have been going like this for a while, and has been running successfully and soundly and hasn't had issues, at least as far as we know, uh, you get here and all of a sudden they say no, you can't race. And there was an issue the other day on Friday where the same trainer had an issue with the vets here, uh, who wouldn't let uh, the favorite in the Valley View run because they weren't happy with the way her leg looked, even though she wasn't exhibiting any unsoundness. And a deeper dive into um, the situation, talking about the vet situation in Kentucky, I spoke to several other trainers who are based in Kentucky, and they said that the vets have been... um, very, very, very wildly cautious. Uh, some point, sometimes to the point of frustration. <clears throat> and people have to understand that um, if you own a horse or you're training the horse, and the horse is sound, hasn't he's been fine, hasn't had any issues, hasn't taken a bad step, then you're some you're, you're mostly <laughs> the 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 most surprised is, is the person that the, the vets have an issue with your horse is you, mm. <laughs> because you know the horse and you've seen him every day and you know that there's really nothing. The horse is going fine, and especially horses that you've had for a long time that you've you know, got their their habits down and, and you know how they are. Uh, to have a vet, you know, suddenly just say, "Well, I don't like the way he's going," or "I don't like the way that leg looks." We're scratching you it just doesn't leave you with very much recourse. Uh, and I know that there are some connections that have taken scans and x-rays of horses that might possibly be something that the vets would look at uh, the day before and have them in hand when the vet comes to check the horse and give them to the vet before they check the horse. Now, why that wouldn't be available if the vets found an issue with the horse i, I don't understand that that makes no sense to me mm. <laughs> i mean it it seems like logic if, that, if that's the rule that rule should be changed right and, and as a matter of fact if the vet deems the horse or a horse uh requiring push put it this way if they're not going to let the horse run then they should require,
2: require,
0: X-rays and scans for each one, right? And then those should be sent, should be kept by the regulatory body. And when this horse is allowed to race again, if there's another issue, then they have a baseline to look to go back, and, and they can require more. X-rays and scans, and I know some people out there that own horses are going to be like, "Jesus, I'm going to have to scan my horse every time I run." Maybe. Well, that that's that's not acceptable. That's never going to happen. <laughs> if you want to do that, then we're going to just like stop betting on horses because you, you, people can't afford it. It just can't afford it, and you know, people might say, "Well, you know, blah blah blah." There, it's a game for the rich, but. I'm, Listen, man. If you own a a twenty thousand dollar car, but it cost you sixteen thousand dollars to get the oil changed, <laughs> well, he, that twenty you got to get rid of that twenty thousand dollar car. Right? You, you can't have that.
1: You got to unload that thing.
0: Well, that's what that's what you're looking at with with the majority of our horses that race. So, you know. You can't just require these things. I mean, you could, but it's just not practical. It's just not practical, and and it doesn't matter how much the purse is. Um, and there's other the thing is this is the you might not even be barking up the right
1: tree. Well, that that was kind of where I was, or you know, kind of where I was at with it is that. You know, it's not like Chad's new to the game, you know. And I'm not saying they should just blindly trust him. But at least, you know, you would think they would give him a benefit of the doubt to have his horse out there. And if they need to do more in-depth stuff, I guess they could ask. But I, I really didn't know what kind of direction they could go with this other than you know, it it looks bad, so we're just gonna we're gonna scratch him.
0: Yeah, and the horse wasn't even listed as a vet scratch; it was listed as a trainer's, meaning that yeah. the horse can go off and race somewhere else, and that's just wrong. I mean, what the hell's going on? I mean, heist is a joke. Well, joke. yeah, the stuff. This is the stuff, that, is they're, the stuff that they're, they're standardizing. Supposed is supposed to,
1: right. it's, it's
0: supposed to be clear? Allowed to race in a state but he's allowed to race in another state and i'm not saying that the horse shouldn't be allowed to race because the fact is that he didn't according to everyone or she didn't exhibit unsoundness they just didn't like the way the horse's leg looked and the horse raced in kentucky in the spring and i don't know if it's the same veterinarians that that, that um Um, examined the horse in the springtime which would have been if we had any journalism left in in this business would have been a logical question to ask someone someone would have asked Uh, you know Pollock they put a report out just basically um, you know saying that Chad Brown shouldn't uh, be critical of the veterinarians which is complete bullshit complete bullshit <laughs> that's why this business is is headed down the drain because no one's allowed to say anything regulatory vets stink for the most part it's just the re the reality of it. it's the truth it's the truth and they're putting it in an possible position that's the other problem that's the other problem and a lot of them uh, uh just aren't They're not experienced enough. I'm not saying in in this situation these two people are or aren't. That's not for me to say. But by the same token, when something like this happens, well, the owner's left holding the bag. The trainer's left holding the bag. The jockey... Who flow down there? Well, he lost mounts somewhere else. He lost the mountain that race. It's not and, and this is the other thing is if anything happens from here on in, then it's almost as though the horse is
2: tainted.
1: Right, because they're gonna be like, Oh, remember when
0: exactly. <laughs> so if there is actually something wrong with the horse then no one has an issue moving forward. it's just the way it is but if if it's done arbitrarily, which is how it sounds I, I just don't I, I don't want to hear people say we shouldn't complain about this we should, we should complain about people should complain a thousand times more. That's the only th- way anything ever gets done. Acting like heist is great. Heist sucks. I mean, I'm going to call it... I'm going to say the truth. It sucks. What have we we got? Stupid whip rules that that nobody freaking cares about. You know, all the the people that supposedly we were appeasing with that don't, don't, don't pay any attention to it. All it's done is aggravate people. Take money from owners unjustly. There's still 30 jocks every month getting suspended. Uh, changed shoe rules that caused another controversy that just didn't need to be. We we're talking about uh, the, the, the you know, all the uh, the, the narrative. The narrative, we're <laughs> creating issues for no reason. We create, we we're requiring four millimeter toe grabs. on a, the, the shoe doesn't exist. Somehow it becomes the standard. I mean, seriously, how is it done? Oh, just give it time. (laughs) I mean, how can we not have standardized FET
1: records? That is amazing that there isn't. It is, it is amazing.
0: So now a horse can go back to New York or go to a different state and race, and it's no big deal. I, I just, you know, and, and then that puts the regulatory vet in the other state under under pressure. Because now, if something happens, then he looks bad or she looks bad. So now you're going to put those people under under the microscope. And it's a judgment thing. So if the judgment keeps saying, oh, well, we're going to err on the side of caution. Well, that's another horse. So you just go ahead and retire. And then that happens again and happens again and happens again and happens again. We're running short of horses. And this is not the way to do things. We were supposed, I-, I saw someone at the sale the other day, the prominent trainer. And he brought it up to me. Not I didn't. I, I was perfectly content not talking about the stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he came up and he said something to me about it because you know was obviously that he does listen to the show, um, and he knows that you know we've talked about it a lot. And he said he was in the beginning. He said I supported the concept. I, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought we'd get rid of the cheers. I thought we would standardize the rules. We would make it easier going from state to state. Uh, and he said, I was under the misconception that the licensing was going to be fixed as well. Cool. And he said, I have to tell Everything. you, a couple, <laughs> yeah, a couple months in, he goes, uh, it doesn't seem like any of that's happened, and things are still as confusing as ever. The rules are still different everywhere. Um, you know, the blacksmith issue has been perplexing. And he goes, uh, I have a couple owners that are really not, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, they're not all that forgiving of people who's kind of the chest of what he was saying. So if his jock gets to the point where he hits the horse 10 times and the guy lose the purse, they might all get fired. Um. Which is another point about a horse in a stake race that would be scratched by the vets when there's really no sound that's being exhibited. And that, yeah, for Chad Brown, he doesn't really have to worry about losing a horse or losing an owner. But if that happens to a smaller trainer, the repercussions could be a lot more severe. And it's very, very difficult for an owner to understand I mean, if I, I trained a horse for you, Barry, and I said, we're pointing to this race. We're going to be six to five. Horses training great and shows works every week. Good work, solid works. Got top rider, draw good. Everything's perfect. And I call you the morning of and say, hey, we got to scratch the vet scratched us. He says, our horse is unsound.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? What happened? <laughs>
0: and and Rhett, and you would say to me well you know is the horse unsound and i would tell you no the horse is not unsound and you would say well why why are they scratching him why are they scratching him so well in their view they're they don't like the way something on the horse looks and and you would say well you know is it any different than any other you know is it is it an issue and i would say no it's not an issue it's been like that it's never changed uh, there's, there's nothing really any different than um, when the horse is winning stakes the last few months. So as an owner, how would you feel at that point at that point, how do you feel? because you don't have any answers at all
1: right? I'd be like, so what are we doing here? Like <laughs> are we running or what? And that's that would be my my response. I'd be like, well, why aren't we running that it makes no sense. <laughs> And I'm sure that's the same kind of thing that's going on.
0: And none of this is to say that unsigned horses should run. They shouldn't.
1: That That's not even a question. No, but it's opening the door for a lot of nonsense because, <clears throat> you know, one vet sees things one way, another sees things another way. And, you know, it, it just opens it up for a lot of subjectivity to the whole point of what's going on and getting the horses in the starting gate. And I can definitely foresee a situation where you know these vets don't want that on their heads. And then we're like, you know what, we're just gonna scratch this horse. I just don't like the way he looks. And off that alone, nothing else. Right. And that's and that's, and that's understandable.
0: But I yeah. think that- also that there are repercussions from those decisions and it's not as though um it's a black and white issue. And you know, you see a horse limping, well it's <laughs> that's easy. You, know, you don't like it's not a tough call. When when they're they're not, it is a tough call and uh you know. So we'll see what
1: happens. Yeah, this is definitely interesting, you know, because it could have gone a a whole bunch of different ways. (laughs) And it just came down to this way where, you know, they scratched the horse second year in a row. Similar kind of thing. You know, except the trainer's a little bit vocal this time saying, you know, the horse is sound. we. We're ready, but.
0: It's very hard to find regulatory veterinarians. Why is that? Well, f- first of all, there just isn't the volume of students that go into large animal practice. Um most veterinarians go to small animal. Right. Dogs, mm-hmm. cats clinics, there's just more money in them. Better hours, more money, weekends off. A lot less uh, <laughs> physical demand. And um you know, there's, there's a shortage of vets. There's a shortage of vets, period, but there's really a shortage of small animal vets. Excuse me, large animal vets. Um, and regulatory positions aren't really that great. They don't pay that much, first of all. Second of all, you're not really practicing vet work, or excuse me, you're not really practicing medicine you're, you're an administrator, more or less. Um, you know, you're, you're checking for soundness. Um, you're drawing blood, things like that. And you have to get up. Uh, I mean, the hours aren't great. You have to work in weather outside, whether it's good or bad. Um, you have a lot of people, like trainers, yelling at you. <laughs> Um, it's just a tough job it's not an easy job I, I admit it, it's not an easy job and they're hard to fill they're very hard to fill and one of the giant fallacies of HISA was the fact that they require like an army of these people to be hired and And don't get me wrong; not every single regulatory vet is terrible. Uh, I mean, Doctor Verderosa in New York was is, is excellent. He was he's been a, a really really good regulatory vet for a, a number of years.
2: But they're also limited.
0: Um, they don't have diagnostic tools, and these days, um, one of the big positives that's really come about uh, is the voided claiming rule where there's no incentive anymore to jam a horse and lose them because you're not going to lose them, you're going to keep them and for years and years and years that was a real issue uh, where guys would just try to unload damaged goods onto someone else uh, through the claiming game but the voided claiming rule essentially negates that in a lot of ways. It, it just makes it where uh, that incentive has been decreased uh, markedly. Because if the horse does break down or pulls up lame, he's still yours. You didn't do anything but uh, you know run, run 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 a lame horse that you still own a train. So. But the idea that uh, you're going to find an army of competent vets, it's just not going to happen. It just is not going to happen. And where are they going to come from? There's some of the smaller tracks, they can't even get practicing veterinarians. It's hard to get practicing veterinarians. Let alone regulatory veterinarians. So, anyways, we have to uh, we have to make an announcement. Actually, yeah, exciting stuff. We will make an announcement as soon as I can <laughs> <laughs> um, But we do have a new sponsor. Yeah. At least we do for the next couple weeks. Couple weeks, at least. Yes. Uh, Play Up Racebook is uh, sponsoring the Going in Circles Big Monday Breeders' Cup preview shows. And tonight's show that you're listening to currently. Um it's a, it's, a, it's a new, it's a legal US-based pari horse racing betting app. Uh, they offer top-notch racing experience featuring tracks from all around the world. They have a special deal uh, for the Breeders' Cup. New players receive a 50% deposit bonus up to $250 and generous wager rewards. This week only because it is Breeders' Cup week. If you make a uh, a deposit of $100 to so 25 in your account to bet on the Breeders' Cup. Sign up, make the deposit, go to the app, in the chat, tell them you want the Going in Circles $25 bonus. You you should get the $25 bonus that day. If you don't, contact us and we'll take care of it.
1: Um, Break some legs
0: for you. Yes, and, and then Wednesday, we're going to have a breakdown of who you should bet with that $25 extra that you have.
1: So we're not only going to get you 25 extra. We're going to make you another 25 on top of that 25 and turn that into 125.
0: Just keep adding zeros.
1: Check the math.
0: Add zeros. Look, check it out. Go to their website. Uh, actually, they're, they're going to put together. A little Breeders Cup guide that uh, I'm going to be doing a couple preview race previews for, so uh, that should be out Wednesday or Thursday. It'll be on our social media. We'll, we'll blast that out everywhere. But um, what well, we do the going the going in circles digest, we'll have quite a few editions this week. Probably three because uh, I cannot cover that many races. Uh, on you know Saturday's races, is the to split up in two. We'll we'll do. Um, We'll do Friday's race separate. Uh, just uh, space limitations, subtext <laughs> limits my space. Uh, so, so those will be out this week. Also sponsored, also, so sponsored by uh, Play Up Racebook and Game of Silks, which Game of Silks, Game of Silks. The the big horse reveal is coming. It was delayed we- because of some technical issues. Because you know. It's,
1: I'm sorry, technical,
0: technical. We're getting it technical, together. Technical glitches always, sometimes. you know Technical glitches are bitches, but that's going to be be going on. Uh, everyone that's involved the in game of silks they have an avatar. You got a horse coming. They will be revealed very, very soon, and uh, I know everyone's excited about that. So we just thought. Uh, you should check it out, but uh yeah. I do a, a race of the day from play up too.
1: Yes, I did the last couple weeks. Did a race of the day on Saturday. Probably be the same thing this weekend. Probably give you one on Friday and Saturday.
0: Yeah, but head on to play on playups ups race book and, and, and check. Uh I think they're available in like twenty-six states. There might be a couple states if you live in a, a strange place. We don't know. <laughs> Nope, if you live in a Lola, state Lola. where they don't have gambling, North Carolina, mm. if we can get you down, don't worry. Send your bets in with our man, Tony Montanino, who's so headed to the Breeders' Cup.
1: man on the scene.
0: Yeah, you know, he sold his Brooklyn Nets tickets for, for Saturday for the Breeders' Cup. Wow. And Based upon the disaster that the Brooklyn Nets currently are, that's probably a smart decision.
1: Yeah, but they're not worse than the Lakers, right? Uh, they they Both. actually <laughs> they're, they're, they're in that same they're <laughs> same mode. <laughs> they're in the same area code.
0: Yes, however, none of the Lakers have uh, been uh, accused of uh, being an anti semite this week. Oh. so they might have the Lego. <laughs> but uh, no, we'll do. We're gonna do our man. Oh, our man Jason Bidas is back. J B Preview.
1: Okay. That's what's up.
0: Back for the preview. So he's got some he's got some thoughts. I asked, has he got any interesting thoughts, you know?
1: <laughs> he's nah. always got you know, anybody that. that's a fan of Kansas basketball has to have some interesting thoughts. Right?
0: He, he he told me that he has a very strong opinion in one of the races. I said, Okay, he told me it was. <laughs>
1: At the, you know I it's I, out, I can appreciate it outside that. the box not, is it outside it's the not box? an
0: easy race there's, there's there's quite a few contenders and he has a very strong opinion on them so that's fine and he goes nothing much else and then I asked him about a couple prohibitive favorites he goes oh I don't like either of them I said well that's <laughs> that, those are, those are thoughts <laughs> that's what we're looking for <laughs> when, when you don't like the blinking light horses that's information that we can work with we don't want them to... yeah.
1: we're not gonna anybody to pick favorites.
0: Yes, yes. This is a strange breeder sure. stuff, though. It, it's very unusual looking at the Friday card. How uh, uh, how open it is. <laughs> not, yes. not only that, but uh, like from the European <clears throat> angle, because I mean, generally the Europeans, namely Charlie Appleby, has come over here and kicked our ass pretty much for the last few years. But the Europeans, the Europeans aren't their own jockeys.
1: Yes, that's very very interesting that they're with, not with, coming.
0: Yeah, I thought that. I
1: thought get everybody. I that was,
0: yeah, I thought it was interesting, especially
2: for Friday,
0: because I don't know that there's any huge meets going on Friday that guys are unwilling to leave. These are million and two million dollar race, so I think that they would come. Of course, Bill Bill Buick, my man, is, is going to be here. So. And- uh, and Ryan Moore, so... Badeau you know. is in jail, so, yeah. Yeah, our, our, our other guy. He's, Order of he's Australia. Still, he's still in the sure. lockup. I think
1: only he can get Order of Australia. So, if, if that horse wins again, dude, I'm going to not, he's lose not, my mind. He's, he's not winning, man. Okay, I'll take your word for it.
0: He's not winning. Famous last. He he really wasn't that good last time. He really wasn't, but he ended up winning on some nonsense. Oh, uh, the race here at Keeneland a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, he was horrible. the The elbow man put him in a good position, and he he just you know me rattle right. These are bad turf races, though. They're bad. They're not good races. They're bad. Friday? Yeah. Or all no. of them? All the turf races. They're just not... It's just a bad, a poor year across the board for the grass horses. I mean... And, and of course, this is comparing I mean, Breeders' Cups to other
1: Breeders' Cups. Well, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it makes sense. Two years after COVID, uh, there was a lot of nonsense that went on, so oh. I can see that. That makes it sense. It
0: just seems as though the European contingent is a little bit light. I mean, the American the American, the, the Mares have been pretty good. In uh, Italian's been good. Recently, yeah, well, they're all <laughs> year. all War the ones like at the Goddess top are all Chad Brown horses, good. though. So, you know, Warlike Goddess has been it's very it's good. good. But, but, you know, for the most part, the males suck. And the Europeans coming over just over. I
1: mean, well, they don't need the, the, the top guys go. over. Right? It's just strange that they're not. So They don't need to bring the top guys? A lot of times they don't. You're right.
0: So yeah, Latrushka. Yes. Well, sounds like she sounds like she's done. She's tired.
1: Right? She's gone. She ain't coming uh,
0: back. You'd assume so. I mean how much further she wasn't nearly as good this year as she was last year. Everybody's kinda of caught on to what her kryptonite is. And uh yeah, at some point which she's gonna be what, seven?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's crazy. I I don't understand how they just fooled people into not going at her for as long as they did, basically a whole year. Just basically just pulled the the wool over everybody's eyes and like, you know what? We're not going to try to run at her. And then she won everything. And as soon as they start running at her, and as soon as they start going and looking her in the eye, she starts backing up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Why part did of that? They, is, I mean, that's my question.
0: Part part of it can be attributed to the fact that uh, everybody in this business now wants to take their horses back, except Baffert. He's the only guy that wants the horses to show speed. <laughs> it, it's it's really strange that uh, everyone wants to take back. You know, Shug used to be like that. Shug was always like that. Uh, Shug didn't used to use blinkers, didn't well, he? Still doesn't use them very often, and he, he liked to have his horses make one run. But he did that because of the, the type of horse he had and what they were looking for, and that's how he trained. And, and that's that's you know, he trained the horses that he had in that manner, but he had great horses,
1: literally great horses. <laughs>
0: and we talked about it last week, too. I think that. You know, like the people with the turf horses. Stop trying to be like Chad Brown. He doesn't win the races because of the style of the horses running. He wins races <laughs> because he has good horses. <laughs> <And> that's, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty simple.
1: simple.
0: Yeah. His horses are better than yours. If you do the same thing as he does, he's going to eat you.
1: He's gonna whip you every time. You're right. And it's it's like
0: everybody get him covered up, get him covered up. This is the
2: United States. We have tight turns.
0: We have firm turf
2: courses. Speed mm-hmm. is
0: good speed 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 is good it's a good thing it's not a bad thing it's not a negative it's a positive you would think that, that this would sink
1: in but uh, but it doesn't and often doesn't speaking of which did you see that that japanese race where the horse was out by like 20 30 lengths and got caught I woke up Saturday morning and
0: perusing through Twitter and I saw someone mention the race and I, I clicked on it and the horse just, like you said, he opened like 30 links. <laughs> on the field. I was like, oh my God, how is he going to lose? That That horse won the, the the race in Dubai this summer, or excuse me, this spring. Yes. It was a
2: trade one winner. He opened up 30.
0: And it looked like he was going to hold on. And then the last little
1: bit, he He almost got clipped for second, too. He almost lost second.
0: It was like when you rode, you remember Gallup Racer?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) When you pull one of those moves and just try to dust everybody and say, catch (laughs) me. Just try to get
0: 100 lengths ahead and hold on. It never worked, but.
1: Yeah, that but was that crazy. Stretch run just seemed like it was never going to end for them, Or is anybody that horse that must have felt like a hundred years, the stretch run. No, nah, that was crazy, man. <laughs> that really was.
0: That was I thought he was I I thought the horse
1: had I thought he was home. I was like, yo, they're not gonna get him, right? <laughs> no, nah, that was that was good.
0: I had a great I, I had a good trip to Kentucky. It was it was fun. Um, I mean, I about, I, I about killed myself but, uh, again. Yeah.
1: Too Kentucky, cold, man.
0: Kentucky's so funny, man. It's, I got there on a Friday, on Friday and I'm driving from Saratoga and, uh, um, I stopped at Prescott because it's, you know, if you, if you take the, the West, uh, the western route to, um, you know, through down through Buffalo and cross through skirt by Cleveland, go down through Columbus and Cincinnati to Lexington. Uh, so I figured, well, hell, let me stop here. And um, the Prescott Downs across the street, a little known fact, is a really good hot dog spot. So I figured, well, let me just stop over here at the press. Grab a up. hot dog watch a race.
2: Watch, right, watch a
0: Pictures and get the hell out of there. Well, it was freezing cold there. <laughs> freezing cold. It was like 54 when I left Saratoga. And I got out oh. at, at uh, Erie and it was 35. And it felt oh, like no. it was tanky. And I had shorts on, like an idiot. And... and... <laughs> So who I, I come out and um I say, oh, let me let me let me make a couple dollar wager here while I'm sitting here freezing, waiting for this race to go up. And of course everyone around me's had had like ski cabs and the park it's like goes,
1: this right? guy in shorts, what the hell? <laughs> right.
0: It's, they probably thought I was all like drugged out or something. <laughs> but um uh I, I look at I, I pull the race up on Who's in the race? A horse named Red Cat, who I imported from Chile eight years ago. He's in a race. He's 10 now, and he's in this race at Prescott. So I'm thinking, oh, fate. Huh, I'm going to bet him. I'm not even going to look at the PPs. I'm just going to fire a little win bet here, right? It's got to be fate. It was not. It was not fate. He finished no,
1: the track. He, but... he tried to give you a high five on the outside rail. Yes, he... he, he
0: he we went outside. <laughs> so I said, Let me get the hell out of because it's freezing here. So I drive to the uh, the next day I go to Keeneland and it's sunny in seventy five. Just a absolute perfect day. Like couldn't have couldn't have been nicer. Saw a bunch of people um a lot of people surprised to see me. <laughs> what are you doing here? Are you coming back to training? No, it's no. Not allowed no.
1: here. What are you doing? All
0: right, all right. I saw my guy button Ben Huffman. He's trying to give me stalls. I said, you know, what? I thought, I thought you liked me. <laughs> um but um I tell you one thing, Keenan was cramped. It's going to be cramped. Like, yeah,
1: someone I saw somebody talking about that earlier. You know? <clears throat> that it's not really conducive to, to, like, kind of moving around and stuff when they have the Breeders' Cup there.
0: Well, they have temporary stands that they put up in front of the, the, the cuts into the apron. Um, And Keeneland is not a real big grandstand anyways, and that really kind of makes it tight. I mean, I don't know exactly how many people were there last Friday, but it seemed like A lot and it was tough to move. Uh though the weather does look like it's gonna be okay. Anyway, uh, went to the was there to 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 look at horses, so at the sale, trying to find a horse to buy for a client and Friday and Saturday were, were, were perfect. Really nice days. And then uh then it got cold. And when you
1: left, the warm weather left.
0: It turned to the Arctic. Uh, we did find a horse. We're lucky. It's not an easy market to buy a good horse, man. It is tough.
1: Everybody's buying them. It's or the scary. people at
0: the are trickling down into the other books. Yeah, well, they have to find something. You can't train an empty stall. You're trying to pinhook what well, you can't pinhook a, a, an empty field. You, you got to have something so but horses that that are physically it's another thing that's kind of difficult to explain because you say athlete I say, well what's different than athlete uh, if, if i could take two horses and have them walk and i could show you what what, what you're looking for it'd be so much easier than trying to explain it but um even the ones that don't have huge pedigrees get a lot of action way 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 more than they would have years ago and turf horses um, are not as undervalued as they used to be either used to be able to find turf horses nice turf horses and not have to give a lot for them because they just were going to be turf horses you know the ones you knew were almost assuredly going to be grass only right uh, those ones go for six figures now too <laughs> And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's tough it, it it's a, there's a definite disconnect, definite disconnect between the racing and the breeding and the uh, sales. Um, you know, at some point you would hope that you would hope that the racing would, um, would gain the optimism that currently exists in the sale market, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that that's going to happen. But it was great to see so many people. Um, I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, I saw a lot of nice new sires who I have opinions on. that I had A lot of their horses until the other day. I know there's Really don't like. <laughs> I was I was surprised because I thought I would like his horses, and then when I saw a bunch of them, I didn't like them at all. I think I looked at one, and I'm not going to say who it is because just... no,
1: I know because you don't want to... <laughs> your your Twitter will go yeah. crazy. Bananas. What are you be- saying? Be- be- <laughs> pissed off and of oh, course
0: the, the, the horse will probably have like four grade one winners first the year but <laughs> but remember most stallions do not make it
1: that's true and I guess that emphasizes what we were talking about the last couple weeks and how bizarre that there's so many coming out
0: this year there's an army of horses that are retiring. Mm. I guess you could probably add Jack Christopher to the list.
1: Yeah, I would. I would think so too. And Kumar
0: owns a big chunk of them. And uh, <laughs> one thing you can say about those boys, <laughs> they are not afraid to retire one. Nah. <laughs> From the from the people who retired Blackburn at two, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you're willing to retire two year old. You you're.
0: It ain't the you, first time they did either. I know that's
1: what I mean. Nobody's off limits. Uh,
0: no, they're they are a stud farm first. And they don't care. They're not partners. They they do what they want to do, which you know. Put as much money in the business as they have last uh, forty years. You can do whatever you want. No one's really going to question it. But um, yeah, there there is a, a, a literal army of horses that are retiring to stud this year. An army. And when you look at some of the numbers from the other day from the Jockey Club release. Stallions that you wouldn't think would be super popular had 190 folds <laughs> Damn. First year, 180 full mares. It's like, wow. Now I see why you why want to retire
2: Mm hmm.
0: Get that guaranteed money. So, anyway, doing the shows this week and, uh, We'll even split them up a little bit so they're not so long. Okay. But, uh, and, and it's going to be their usual format. We're not going to tell you who to bet. We're not going to just make picks. We're not going to uh, tell you how to format your bets. That's, you know, that's up to you. And we're not going to talk about 99 to 1 shots and try to find some decent. Angle for them, so God forbid they win. We can't go back next week and brag about it. Oh
1: Because if you didn't bet on it, like, what, what difference? Guess? If you didn't bet, yeah, yeah. So,
0: so anyways, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be pumping those out next at the end of the week, and, and we'll talk. To, uh, we'll talk later this week about uh, about the races. Hopefully, we don't have any more uh, defections. Um,
1: yeah, that would be cool.
0: There, there always seems like there's a late one. Yeah. So the uh, you know the undercard, pretty good
1: undercard on it that. is a Friday. On Friday, it it's yeah. those are
0: solid races, really solid races.
1: Yeah, that, that, I mean, I I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, probably Friday. One of the better cards of the year in general yeah right it, it's it's a
0: good card i mean it's a good card but uh no the undercard my guy is uh it's racing we won't talk about that we we'll, we we'll, maybe in uh, friday release but we, we yeah. can't give out too much undercard information <laughs> Uh, yeah no, I did see a couple of horses who were who are gonna be very live at good prices. The Baffler, Baffler's got one on the on the undercard.
1: Yes he I'm does.
0: Sure. Who will probably be favorite. But um Yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm looking forward to it all, my friend.
0: Yes, sir. Well, as always, it's been a it's been a wonderful hour speaking with you, sir, and uh, put up with our ranting. We appreciate you.
2: Yeah.
1: Check out now. The- now, when we hit the the one hour mark. A uh picture of Time Lord comes on my phone.
0: Time Lord with a with a Lou Dort t shirt on.
1: <laughs> I think he went out for Halloween as chet Holmgren. He had some stilts. <laughs> he makes me so hungry.
0: No <laughs> kid, not one. None? Is there any know. kids in your neighborhood no nope. yeah that's I like did my... get a picture this morning from from the the Steve Bick uh, Halloween experience
1: from from way back from, when?
0: yeah a picture
1: oh, of my dogs man. I was I was telling my wife about that
0: yeah there was a you pic- he, he took the picture of my dogs that uh, he dressed up in Halloween costumes
2: <laughs>
0: yeah Earl was dressed as uh, Spider-Man and Chip was dressed as uh, a bumblebee. They looked, they looked so depressed.
1: <laughs> Dad, what's going on?
0: They literally looked like they wanted to just like die. <laughs> Har- Harley was too big. He didn't, get up. he didn't get
1: it. He was like, I'm better off. I don't yeah. want any...
0: That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest Halloween experience ever—the Steve Bick Halloween—it's like the Bob Hope. Uh, Legendary. Uh, the Steve Bick Halloween special. He's a
2: legend. He's a legend.
0: Major D of, of. He's the uh, MC.
1: What do
2: you mean? Of He's Audubon Park.
1: Of Halloween ceremonies. Yes, he was.
0: Well, all right. Like I said, we'll uh, we got lots of stuff to do this weekend, and. Uh, hope you'll check it out. Yeah. We'll be everywhere. We'll be. Alright, sounds good. We'll talk to you later.
2: Pleasantacre Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just Great people do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three-for-three, winning the $400,000 springboard mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.PleasantAcrestallions.com or on Twitter at Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hey everyone, Play Up Racebook has a great Breeders' Cup promo. Just wager $250 or more on the Breeders' Cup races Friday and Saturday, and you'll receive a free $50 wager. Download the PlayUp Racebook in the Apple
0: Store or head over to playup.com. Check it out. PlayUp, they're a sponsor. Free money. Do it.